you were talking about Joe, Joe Janes. Yeah, 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 I was talking to him today, yeah. Well, if he's got questions about live Literate Ape stuff in Chicago, he should ask me. Is he afraid to call me? Is he afraid no, of me? No, he was asking me he if I was going to... He should not be afraid of you. You should be no. terrified of him. I am He's terrified a grown of Joe. man with five cats. No, I know. Be He's afraid. fucking nuts. He's fucking nuts. I can't trust that shit. Uh, What's he going to do? A, I don't fucking that's know. A, it's got cats. Is Who he going to hurt me or struggle with me? I don't know. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Is he going to, yeah. Is, is he going to purr or is he going to snap <laughs> at you? You never know what the fuck's going to happen. Joe is the cat. He is the cat. Basically, every time he showers, he gets wet. And then the cats he pop out of him his, like a gremlin. He licks his own. Like, Joe licks his <laughs> own asshole on a regular moment. He just licks his asshole, and it's 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 not something I'm really supposed to say. I'm Don Hall, and I'm David Himmel, and this is the Literate Apecast. Literate Apecast is a production of LiterateApe.com, and the apes would like to advise you that inappropriate language and themes may follow. If you are easily triggered, best to go listen to a public radio podcast. So where am you're I? in your new house. Am I? You're in your I new have... house, and you are lost. I have no you idea where I am. You're lost in your own neighborhood. No clue. Yeah, I... It's so frustrating, and I'm so disappointed in myself, and I hate myself, and I have nobody to blame but myself. And it's a th- we, and we've talked about this. I think we talked about it in the last mm-hmm. podcast that you and I were actually on, um, <laughs> which we'll talk about that in a minute. In a minute. Um, but like, I am just it's it's hard for me because I lived in Wicker Park for eleven, twelve years, something like that, and I. I, I knew it, and I knew where I was. It was close enough to Lakeview, which I lived in for a number of years. So, like, I had, like, several neighborhoods that I was very familiar with. I am not familiar with Portage Park, Old Irving Park, at all. So, we're not that far from Milwaukee, So because we're right off the original Six Corners. And this morning, I get out to go for my morning run, and I'm like, okay, let's just keep it simple. Let's run up Milwaukee and then run back so I can like see the main, the, you know, quote unquote main drag and I won't get lost because the other, I mean, how can you the, get lost on well, just Milwaukee? Well, cause the other day I got, I got lost and I added an extra mile to the run, which is fine. Like I'll happily take the extra mile, but like I, I, I got, totally, how do you get got, lost off of Milwaukee? Well, this, this was the other day I hadn't, I, I got clever. Like I try to like do other things. Ah, so this is right. why I was like, all right. I don't have time because I got a later start. Like, I don't have time to get lost for another mile. So I'm just going to go up and down Milwaukee. Well, I'm up Milwaukee, and I come to Sunnyside. And Sunnyside yep. looked like a really pretty street. It was a wide boulevard. There was nice shade. I'm going to go there. What I'm going to do, I'll just go up Sunnyside. And I knew where I was timing-wise, mileage-wise. When I hit the two-mile mark, I'm just going to turn right around to Milwaukee, take a right... Because I turned left on Sunnyside, so taking a right uh-huh. would put me right back. And that's what I did. Except and this is except that I get to six corners again, and I'm I'm no longer on Milwaukee. I'm on Irving Park. Uh-huh. Which is fine, because I still know where I am, 
but I'm pissed at myself because how did I end up on the wrong street again? Like it got me, it's just so frustrating to me that I'm so stupid. (laughs) Like it's all new. I'm stupid. I'm stupid. It's all new and it'll all come, you know, you know, the thing of it, like I said, I I had to use GPS to go from my fucking apartment on division and Damon to your apartment. So yeah, uh, which I tease you you for and I got to stop doing that because and now you understand that with age and beauty, comes but division in Milwaukee and, and, and uh where was i off of north like it's just hoyne you're on the I corner know. of hoyne i'm on the corner of hoyne i will see i didn't we're see still it on way. the grid milwaukee i didn't on the see gr- it that way i couldn't find it i could i could uh, walk i'd walk to craft pizza and go where the fuck am i yeah, I yeah. just and i can see my apartment <laughs> right. from craft pizza i can see my apartment and still be lost so <laughs> Yeah, that's, that, I mean that's that's where I'm at. I'm I'm living in a constant state of Don Hall, is what's happening go. right welcome, now. Welcome to my fucking world. It's now awful. You know I'm so frustrated yeah, with the world. I, I want to punch things all horrible. the time. So I picked yeah, Harry yeah. up from school today, and Kate was working late, and she's like, you know, like you guys are on your own for dinner. Like, don't worry about me. I'm like, okay, cool. So Harry had said, can we go to Old McDonald's? That's what he calls McDonald's because uh, yeah. Old McDonald had a farm, um, and. I was like, yeah, we absolutely can. He's like, and let's get the car washed, too. And I'm like, cool, let's have a little adventure, you and me. It's a daddy, hairy mess around. Let's do it. So we went to a new car wash, which is just the same car wash as before, but in a different neighborhood, like the $3 hand thing, whatever. Yeah. Um, And then I needed gas, so I had to find the gas station, which was really hard because I don't know where gas stations are yet. And my GPS, and oh, God. And then I tried to find the McDonald's. Now, I know where the McDonald's is from where I'm sitting right now. I could not find it. Even with the GPS, I'm like, why am, why am I missing turns? I'm so turned. And he's starting to get upset. He's getting hungry and cranky. I'm getting hungry and cranky. And traffic was a fucking nightmare from the loop all the way through Irving Park. Because, you know, it's the holiday weekend. And it was just a miserable time. And I finally said to Harry, I was like... We're not getting fucking McDonald's, man. We're just going to go home and have some fucking frozen chicken nuggets at our house. I don't fucking care. I I'm frustrated. I don't know where I am. He goes, I'm frustrated too. And I'm like, all right, cool. We're on the same. <laughs> but like, I'm cursing at my kid. Like, he's like you. It's like you were sitting at my like, dude. Fuck it. Yeah, we're done with yeah. McDonald's. <laughs> Fine. I'm frustrated too. No old McDonald's for me. <laughs> well, can and we then get, I get Taco out of the car Bell? And I take yeah. a piss on the road. Whatever. You know, yeah. throw a can at somebody. So other than not knowing where the fuck I am right now, um, and the house being in total disarray with the boxes, and I've like it's been a as per usual a busy work week. I was at on site for a video shoot this week. Like it's just, it, it's crazy. It's but but this is part of moving in. This too yes. shall pass. One day these boxes behind me will be gone. See the thing about it is when Dana and I move and we've moved a number of times, we're we're out of our boxes. We get all our shit out of our boxes like the day we move. Yeah, but you guys are better than I am. It's not what I was saying, but okay, I'll go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it to you because yeah, okay. You don't hang on to shit. That's the also way true. I we, hang we on much, to shit. We are much better about getting rid of bullshit. Yeah, All right, that's fair. Yeah, that is a fair. Have, that is a fair thing. Dana, well, I, see, the thing about it is, I probably, I, I've kind of always been a little bit like that, but with Dana, because she's just like get rid of everything yeah. you know you get her a, if, if I, it used to be i'd get her a, a gift a prize 
Mm-hmm. And she couldn't accept the prize unless she got rid of two that I'd gotten her before. You know what I mean? It's like, right. Right. the fuck is that? Yeah. Like, like, all right. All right. You know, no, it took me a little while to figure out, but uh, I got it. And I, I also, it. you know, because I'm, I emotionally attach to things very easily. Yeah. You know, I, I, I can't let things go. So I have to find the you new got place the sentimental, like, the sentimental yeah. gene. So even if I don't use it, act like we're sitting here in my new office, and even if I don't actively have it out, it's still like, oh, that one thing, that, that one that thing goes that in the I box love. that now, be, you know, it's just. It's and I also made some choices while I was packing up to throw things away that I now regret throwing away. Like what? I, what did you throw away that you regret throwing away? I'm going to speak directly to one of our listeners here. Okay. One of my oldest and dearest best friends, Lauren, bought me years ago. Years, years. I think we were still, maybe still in high school, maybe right out of high school. I'm not sure. She bought me an old tin poster, you know, a little square tin. Yeah, yeah, I know those. Um, for Chesterfield, My mom used to have a lot for of those. Chesterfield cigarettes. Okay, yeah, and it was like a pitch. It was like from nineteen like forty something. Yeah, or, you know, it was a baseball yeah, yeah. pitcher. You know, at all the games, it's Chesterfield, because I used to when I like there's a the band Jawbreak, one of my favorite bands. They've got a song called Chesterfield King, and it's all about pining for this girl and all this other shit. So, and my grandfather smoked Chesterfield King, so like I had this affection for Chesterfield King cigarettes. So Lauren bought this for me, and it's been in every apartment and every home that I've had. You threw it out. I threw it out. Because... You didn't even, like, give it away. You threw it out. You tossed it in the trash. I had a, I had a funeral for it. I had a funeral for it. I mean, but it's, it. a per, it's a tin thing. It's not going away. Why couldn't you have given it to somebody? I, I, you stick I, it in the I, mail. I regret, I regret it. I regret it so hard. Regret it so, Because even if... Because Katie never liked it because it was like cigarette, it was a cigarette advertisement, and I could have put it in my office, and you know, it's my office. Katie can fuck right off, like you know, <laughs> like this is my yeah, area. True. Just you're, she can do whatever yeah. the hell she wants in her office. And I just like she, I, I had it because for you know weeks before leading up to this, it was beaten into my head: purge, 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 purge. And I had taken the Chesterfield tin down when when I moved out of my office to make Harry's bedroom. And I thought, okay, you know what? I don't need, I don't quote unquote, you know, air quotes here, need this, or emphasis, not air quotes, but I don't need this. Lauren and I are still very close. We talk often. I still don't understand why you didn't give it away. Dude, I or fucked up. I haven't, I, like I don't know. Like gift it to somebody or like take it know. to a resale shop and say, I'm just giving Don, this to you. Don, why don't I just keep it? Well, or but no, what you did was you threw it in the trash. I put it away. I put it into the ground. I gave it to a landfill, eventually. So yeah, no, you you put it in the garbage. I did the same thing I did with my dead grandparents and dead friends. Like I sent no, them to no, the ground. No, no, you didn't put your dead grandparents in a fucking blue bin. You put, uh, you know, you you, you put well, it in a garbage can. Well, that's where the you other put... problem, Don. I didn't even put this in the one in blue. I didn't even recycle the fucking thing. It's tin. I fucked up on so many levels, man. Dude, I'm a you bad, really are lost. I am, I am lost. You I are am super lost. lost. You are super fucking lost. That's all I can say. And I'm way lost. Heartbroken over it, but yeah. But anyway, I don't know moving's if you're going great. I am. I'm bummed out. I shouldn't have done I it. I don't know I, about the heartbroken thing. Come on. I kind of want to buy another one, find another one, and replace it because I'm. 
Because I'm an idiot. I because I no, you're not gonna buy another one. That's the dumbest shit I ever heard. You go back to your old neighborhood and you start digging through garbage. Earn but, it. Then you know what? The next time you and Dana are in Chicago, we're going looking for that tin. Yeah, earn I, that I need, shit. I need man. a garbage. I need a trash panda professional. Expert. You yeah. need you need a you need a a, a, a resource allocator. I need the DMJ, man. I need the you DMJ. Need, well, we we all need the yeah a little bit of the DMJ. We all dumpster need the DMJ. management janitor. That's what <laughs> dumpster management janitor. That's, DMJ that's a little extreme. I don't know. All right, all right. I'll give it to you. Sure. But anyway, but you had um. So while my week was fraught <laughs> with anxiety, was and, your week fraught? Was it, it, sure, it was. I liked. I like. I like that it's uh that it, yeah it's fraught. Fraught is where we're at. Okay. Yeah. All right. You had a wonderful week last. week. I had a great week. Yeah. Last week was uh, we we decided uh, to not coincide with the 4th of July because that's always kind of a shit show and and my you know my one nephew's dead and he and I were the ones that he well I mean it he and I were the ones that shot the shot the fireworks off yeah Yeah. he and I I mean you know it's not the same if I'm shooting you know trying to have a a a Roman candle war with my fucking self that's not as much fun because he was always the other guy so you know no no 4th of July so we went a week earlier a week earlier and uh, and it was really nice. It was I got to spend some quality time with my dad. Uh, one of the things very funny is uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Monday. My mom, my sister's been coming over at seven o'clock in the morning, and for two hours they do weightlifting hmm. and yoga. And so Dana Great. joined them. And I got to tell you, my sister and my wife had bonding this week because they started giving each other shit like it was nobody. I felt. I was one. Nobody was giving me any shit. My sister wasn't oh, you giving got a me pass. shit. Nice. Dana, I got man. I got. They were on each other. You know, at one point, I guess they were at the pool, and, uh, and you know, Dana's got a joke. She does this to me all the time, which is she'll see somebody that just looks like dog shit, and she'll look over. And she goes, well, "That's you in ten years." Oh, okay. And we laugh about yeah. it. Well, my sister is not part of the joke. She doesn't get the joke, and they're at the pool. And apparently, uh, Dana sees this old raisin lady, you know, like ancient, <laughs> ancient, and just wrinkled like a fucking living raisin. A backup and she singer my, for the California raisins. Yeah, and she looks yeah. at my sister and says, "That's you in ten years." And Vicky was like, "What did you say?" Yeah, and she's a little particular because she's a woman of a certain age, and she's mm-hmm. a little particular about her uh, her uh, her appearance. How and, your, your and sister's Dana, younger than you, right? Yeah, she's three years younger than me. Three years younger. Three and a half. Okay, yeah, so she's she's yeah. in her. 50s. She's over fifties. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's yeah. fifty-two. Going to be fifty-three in uh, August. Right. Um, but uh, it, you know, it's it was. But apparently, Dana saw my, the look on Vicky's face, and she goes, "I, I, I, you look like maybe you're offended." She goes, "I am. My corpse will look better than that woman." And then the thing is. Vicky wasn't that mad, but now right. the game was afoot. The game was right, afoot, right, and right, they right. fucked with the, you know. And then anytime anybody started, either one of them started getting on my ass about anything, I'd look at Vicky and go, "Yeah, so you're gonna look like in ten years." And it started it again. And I was there like, you go. "I love this game." So it was fun. It was a tremendous amount of fun. And you know, you you were moving, so you couldn't uh, you couldn't ape cast. And Dana and I originally talked about she and I just going down to the basement and ape casting. And mm-hmm. then it suddenly, and then I we were talking about it. And I went, you know, mom's going to be here. Why don't we just have mom join us? And then suddenly I went, why don't we just have Dana and my mom do the 
the ape cast because I mean Dana's the producer, you yeah, know, sure. and and she knows the drill. And my mom, my mom did not want to do it. Really? Oh shit! She tried to get out that of it. That does all not come across at all on the episode. No, well that's what I kept telling her. No. I said, dude, just sit down and start talking. It literally is. I said. The Abe cast, I said, you've listened to some of the episodes. She didn't listen to all the episodes, but she listened to some of the episode. And I said, it's just David and I talking about stuff. Yeah. And uh, so that's all you have to do. And it's a great episode. It's well, a wonderful episode. Here's the thing is you didn't tell me that that's what the plan was. Because our original plan was like, dude, I, yep. like, let's not record this week. Like, enjoy your family. I need to, like, I don't have time for this shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, I let's know. just do like a, a best of or just a quick. And that's what we talked about. Yeah. That's exactly what we talked about doing. So then I go to listen to him. Like, oh, let's see what Don, let's see what Don pieced together this week. And there was Dana and Jackie Bulbrecht. And I, I was so happy. With it, it was good, wasn't it? It was and so here's, lo- here's charming and fun and lovely. I loved it. And this is why it worked really well because Dana is such a a wonderfully curious person. She's a great interviewer. So man. she's a great interviewer. And it, when I first met Dana, or like one of the first few times that I met Dana, and and Katie was around, and Dana was like, and I I, I might have done like, yeah, you know, Katie is an artist and a designer did it something like that. So Dana was like, yeah, really onto Katie. Like what's your medium of, of, you know, of what, what, oh, what yeah. medium do you prefer to work in? And what's your inspiration? Dana is very, very and I was curious like, about people. And I was She's standing so there kind of shit. listening to it thinking, Jesus lady back off. Cause Katie's very yeah. shy. <laughs> Katie's very shy at first. <coughs> yep. Um, that's true. But then when I came, but I was also like, I'm not going to say shit because look, there's two grown women, like they're adults, they can handle, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. But what I came to learn very quickly is that Dana wasn't like busting Katie's balls or like, what's your media motherfucker? Oh, you're an artist? No, Talk to me about really royals. You know, wanted like, to know. She, was she was very curious. And, and Yeah, she wanted to know. And I love, I love, 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 love that about Dana. I really, really do. And that's what, and I know that your mom and Dana have a great relationship. Oh, they just love each other, yeah. And listening to Dana do her interview thing was fantastic. And it f- I I never never would have suspected that your mom didn't want to do it. It felt like Jackie's like, "You guys need me to-? like it was almost like, "Hey ma, do you mind recording the podcast?" And your mom was like looked up from the puzzle that you guys have been working on that week and was like, "Sure." You know, like that's what it felt like. As a listener. No, she did not. She kept trying to get out of it. It was like, oh, no, no, because I'll, I'll freeze up. I don't know what to say when there's a microphone and on and on oh and fucking on. Oh, my God. Like, Just shut up. Sit down. I, would, I mean, I was. I was not going to. I was relentless. And then I'm when they so started, glad you did that. And I was that. in the other. And I just was in the other room. And I didn't want to listen to them. I mean, I caught some of it. But mm-hmm. I, wouldn't, I didn't want to eavesdrop. And then afterwards, I took that picture that was the the, the, the picture of yeah. him, and it was like, yeah, and I loved it. And then I got to edit it, and that was when I got to listen to it, and it was fun. What was so wonderful about it for for me, like I I talked to you know some friends of ours that listened to it, um, like Jeff Samuel, buddy of mine, listens. He was like, "This is great." Like I can't, I don't remember the exact quote, but he's like, "Don's mom is amazing. Like she's so mm-hmm. great. Like her stories are amazing, or something like that." Knowing you the way that I do. Uh, hearing your mom talk because I've never I've never met your mom, and yeah. and one day I I really really want to. You will, you will. Um, 
Like, I kind of just want to, like, drive down to Kansas and go to her house and hang out with her without you. Like, just And like, the thing is, she'd, she'd put you up in the upstairs bedroom. She'd feed I you. Don't she'd tell you stories. don't doubt that for a second. You would have a ball. What? I... Yes. And I... I that's, a, that's exactly how she is. The moment exactly she started heard. talking, there was this thing. I was like... I, like, I'd never heard her voice. Her voice was yeah. so familiar to me mm-hmm. in, in that comforting way of, like... And again, maybe it's because I know, you know, some parts of her history, like, you know, the asshole husbands and, you know, oh, yeah. raising, you know, having kids at a really young age and all this, you know, from what, what you've talked about. Uh, with me. Yeah, my stories. Yeah. Um, but I was like, that, I, it just, it felt so cool to hear her voice. Um, like it belonged perfectly with Dana on the Apecast. But the thing that really got me was, without telling any stories about Donnie, apparently your name is Donnie in Kansas. That's what she calls me. She calls me Donnie. And why would she? You're her baby. You like, meet, you're the little well, kid. If you, meet like, the rest, if you meet the rest of the family, I'm Donnie Ray. Yeah, which and you have, I think you may have told me that yeah. before. But yeah, I they call me Donnie Ray. My, my, my dad is Jim to everybody else, but he's Jimmy to yeah. the family. Yeah, exactly. Little that's kids. Just, yeah, you know, that's how yeah. it works. Um, but I learned so much about you through your mom. So, just like, what did talking. you learn? I'm curious. You, you mentioned that that you wanted to talk about this. I'm, I'm curious what you learned about me because I, I mean, I, I listened to the. I mean, I edited, it, so I know what she said. I'm curious what you get out of that conversation about about your like a misperception you had about me. Or no, a, no, it's okay. It's if you're a big fan of the Marvel films, but you never read the comics, and then you finally read the comics, you understand the source material. So you're like, oh, I knew that about Loki, but now I I know, a, I see why Loki is this way in the Marvel films, because there was that whole thing with Secret Wars, and you know, blah, blah, whatever, like, the thing is. Yeah. Your mom is the source material. Okay, that's fair. And the the way that she told stories... The way that she talks were just... It's the way I talk. They, they were stories. Yeah. And it's the way you talk. And she journals, apparently. Like, that's the thing I learned. And mm-hmm. so she's got this way of... And I've always been impressed with your ability to be like, what's the prompt? Boom. Here's the story that's basically fully fleshed out. You've got the beginning, <laughs> middle, and end, and it's all connected. And I, I admire that, and I uh, politely envy it. About, like I struggle oh, yeah. with it, like I, but I'm, I'm an idiot who gets fucking lost running oh, up and Milwaukee. down two streets. Like, it's true. I, so, it's true. Um, but it was it was just so much fun because like her, it wasn't even like oh my god, like her cadence is the same as Don's. It wasn't that. It was just the way that she approached every question that Dana gave her. She had a story. She had a a a, a goal with what she was talking. Like it was just there. And then I got to thinking about the storytelling community. <laughs> Where there's, you know, this the performative, I'm going to tell this story. That's not... One of my, my really good buddies, Jeff Miner, I've always thought, before I even knew what storytelling was, yeah. I've, I always thought that Jeff Miner was the best storyteller I'd ever met. Like, he could... He would just throw some shit out and it had beginning, middle, and end and it was funny and it was touching and about anything. Yeah. 
and I, I love like it's like a, like being at a, at a he's a he's a camp buddy, but um you know like being at a campfire like he could run the campfire because he has stories and jokes and things and and not in that performative way, just in the way of. We're just sitting around a campfire talking. Yeah, I'm just going to tell you a story. Yeah. Well, the best the best storytellers in Chicago, as I recall, the best storytellers I can recall were exactly like that. Right. I mean, they, is that they, they, they could be performing, but it didn't feel like they were performing. And then, uh, like, Adam Flynn was always one of my favorite storytellers. I don't know. Adam uh, was a 9-11 first responder. He's now he's sort of a, a, a God love him. He's a scientist. He's a, a, a food scientist who is kind of living in a fucking bunker and has decided that the world's coming to an end. And, and it is legitimately like <laughs> Sure, shit that. sounds like it these he's days. He's <laughs> legitimately like that guy. But anyway, yeah. when he was doing the moth, he was always really uncomfortable doing it. So he'd get a couple beers in him. And then he just got up and tell a story, and, yeah. and it was there was no there was no performing to it. It was just like, and if you were in the audience, even if there were you know 150 people in that fucking room, you felt like he was telling you the you story. Was, it yes. wasn't to it it wasn't to mm-hmm. a room full of people. Mm-hmm. It was to you. For some reason, no matter where you were sitting, you felt like he was telling you the story. And his technique was kind of crap, and he didn't know how to work the mic, but he just was earnest and was just telling a story. The best storytellers um, do away with all that performative nature, and and it just feels like they're telling you a story. And that's what storytelling is supposed to be. I would argue that the best technique in storytelling is is being earnest. Yeah, just being straightforward, authentic. Yeah. Uh, One of the the rules in, in. Radio, when I was coming up in radio and, and worked in radio, was my program director. The first program director I worked with was, don't say, you know, don't get on the air and be like, hi, thanks thanks to all of you for tuning in. Like, there's no all of you bullshit. Or you guys. Like you. It's yeah, you. You are you. talking to yeah. the one person in that car listening to the radio. Or the two, but it's... Well, that's that's why that's it. for the Apecast... Yeah. We are talking to one person because only one, one person, person listens, listens to it's it. It's Jeff so Samuel. Yeah. And occasionally yeah, Lauren. Yeah. Old, yeah. <laughs> Very few people are actually listening to this goddamn right. Apecast. So that was, my dad thought that was the fucking funniest thing as uh, we were talking about it. And then he was like, so uh, so how does that podcast? And since mom was, you know, mom did it. He said, so how does that podcast? He's ready. People listen. And I said, I don't know. Yeah, some, not many. And he goes, so why do you do it? I said, it's because it's fun. And, uh, I because said, every kind of, Thursday, I get yeah, to hang out with my friend this, David. This, exactly. <laughs> I, I said, that's what I said. I said. I said, it's fun. It gives David and I an opportunity to hang out for an hour. If nothing um, else. It's content yeah. that we're creating. Um, I said, and I'll be honest with you. I said, the best advice I could give any artist, any artist, is to create like no one's listening. Just do it. Just create like no one's reading create it. Create like because, no one's listening. The thing create about it is, like well, no one's I, reading. Dance like no I've one's watching. Live, laugh, love. It, yeah. Don't talk to before writing, I've had my coffee. Yeah, totally. Yeah. When it comes to writing, there are two ways to approach writing. One is to write what is popular and yeah. write it well, and then you get paid for it. Or write what you want, whether it's popular or not, and you don't get paid for that. That's why you are a very good writer, because you know how to write what's popular. I mean, yeah. you write when you, when you, well, that's the thing is I've seen you just really kind of break down, just kind of, I'm going to tell the story, but you can, you are, you've trained yourself. You've been doing it your whole life. Yeah. You can write what's popular and kind of write it in such a way that it still has your voice. 
I'm never going to fucking be good at that, so I'm just going to write. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just going to write whatever the fuck I want to write. I'm done. That's what I, I specialize do. in shit. No one wants to read. Yeah. I am. I am. No, you know, no. dude. You you yeah. saw my theater company. He was like, I don't know what if anybody's watching this shit, but I think it's fucking awesome. So I'm going to do it. And but that's that's also what I. Again, like this is the the, you know what David you know, respects and envies about you. Is gracia artis art for art's sake. Yeah, and. I I get hung up on on the shit like who's gonna read this? Why are they gonna read this? What's the point? Do I have a full story yet? It, by that time, it's gone. You yeah. are idea, bang it out. I used yeah. to be that way in my twenties and my early thirties. I like I don't. I, I guess I'm too professional. I don't know. I don't know what my excuses are. Well, I'm you've still just been, you've sourcing gotta, out, sussing out it, my. Well, one of, I sent, my you my, I sent you my casino book. Well, yeah. What I'm having fun with, and that's what I... Did you, I did you send little. it? Yeah, I, I sent it to you. When did you send I sent it? You a P, I sent you a PDF. I'll send it again. Oh, I know. oh, oh the PDF. Okay, not the, not the mail. No, okay. I sent you a PDF because... Okay, good. Because I was going to say, I haven't gotten that shit yet. All right. No, I sent, I sent a, a... Dana printed her copy out. Eric Wilson's got it. You've got it. And Duke okay. James has got Great. it. You guys are the first wave. I'm taking the month off. And in the month, that's what that's what I've, I've you know as much as I piss and moan about. Oh, I'm writing copywriting and it's not exciting. Blah blah. It's given me the 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 room to be able to <coughs> excuse me to actually write. Yeah. And so, like, I finished the casino book in six months. I said I was going to get a first draft done in six months. I did. Mm-hmm. Sent it out in this month of July. I'm working on an essay book. Nice. And yeah. I was, you know, and I, I started going through some essays that I'd written and some stuff that's been on the ape and stuff that I liked. And I went, wow, I've written a whole lot about sort of finding the more rational side. You know, a lot of my my newfound, I will, I will call it newfound, centrism is really coming from a place of being more rational rather than emotional. Mm. And I realized, oh, and so I gave it a title and Dana went, no, that sucks. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, and and I want the title to be one of the pieces. So now I have to write a piece, and the title of the book's going to be mm. "More Spock, Less Kirk," because I've written about that, but I've never written an essay about more Spock, less Kirk. So I'm writing that essay because that's. I mean, I've written about that, but I've never written, and and, and, so, and now I'm getting kind of deep into it. You know, I I've I would, written a lot about it. If you have, and I would, if I may. Offer you. Oh yeah, I know. Everybody's having read anything. No, I love that title. I love that title because it it works for you. It is a theme that it's it's thematic. It's my Myers Briggs. of your shit. It one hundred percent is your Myers Myers Briggs. Briggs. I don't need to be an INJ fuck off whatever. I don't don't need to be an Aquarius. (laughs) I need to be like I would like to be. I'm 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 stuck at like sixty percent Kirk. And like thirty percent Spock and ten percent Bones. So what I'm trying to do is make it more Spock. You know, that's I mean, that's yeah. what I'm doing. That's my horoscope. That's my thing. So don't hit the nail on the head with that shit. I think it could be the the title of the book could be more Spock less Kirk. And, and maybe not. Well, I'm because the thing is the I'm theme, actually working. I'm sure on, that the the thematics of that are yeah, it's a lot of that are it's really a, really it's in, right in every other I mean, sentence. That's possible. But here's the other thing. 
I've been holding on to, because I've never written fiction. I mean, when I was a kid, I wrote fiction, but I've never really written fiction. And, uh, and so now I'm going to start writing fiction. You started like, right, something well, a couple years ago. Well, this is the thing is I started it, but I couldn't get it. And I know it's just about Daryl Cox. Mm, hmm You know, because what was fascinating, you remember Daryl Cox, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. Profiles Theater. Yep. Well, he disappeared. He got canceled. He was just beat the shit out of in the paper. His theater got fucking protested and then shut down. And then he disappeared. I knew from the scuttlebutt he went back to Texas, but nobody's heard from him, right? And I was fascinated by the ideas. What do you do? What does that guy do yeah. in Texas? And so I really wanted to write sort of a fictional account of that, you know, that kind of character. And uh, the other night I was watching uh, Lisey's Story, which is an Apple TV. It's the Stephen King adaptation with mm-hmm. Julianne Moore and mm-hmm. Joan Allen. Joan Allen's so fucking good in it. And, and it has nothing to do with the show, but I was just like watching it and suddenly it just went bap. And I went, I know how to fucking write that. Mm-hmm. And, and I also know how it ends. So yeah. without... It went and it's and that's I realized great. oh that's a good this feeling. Is, this is a mass shooter story, and this is who this guy this guy goes mm, from the top okay. of his game. But I've got a whole. And it's one of the things Joe has always said is I'm not I may not be the greatest writer, but I'm really good at structure. So I'm like all right, let sure. me find the structure that I want to play. And I mean I I paused the fucking thing and on my iPad just typed up. 12 chapters. I know exactly what the chapters are. I know what their voice is, and I know what the goal is. I'm like oh. This is going to be a blast. So I'm going to do my essay book this month. Then you guys are going to give me my notes for the casino book. And I'm going to work on that in August. Then I'm going to send it off to four more people, Jarrett Keene included. Mm-hmm. Then I'm, uh, and then I'm going to, you know, and then I'm going to work on the, the yeah. fiction. And it's like, this is fun. I'm having so much goddamn fun. And Joe asked me, uh, I was talking to him yesterday or today. And he was like, so uh, you think uh, you think you're gonna bring back some bug house, some some performance? And I said, I actually don't know because I'm having so much fun. I don't think I'm all that interested in live performance right now. Uh, you were talking about Joe Joe James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was talking to him today. Yeah. Well, if he's got questions about live literate ape stuff in Chicago, he should ask me. Is he afraid to call me? Is he afraid no, of me? No, he was asking me he if I was should gonna be. Do- he should not be afraid of you. You should be no. terrified of him. I am He's terrified a grown of man with five cats. No, I know. Be He's afraid. fucking nuts. He's fucking nuts. You can't trust that uh, shit. What's he going to do? A, I don't fucking that's know. A, it's got cats. Is Who he going to hurt me or struggle with me? I don't know. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Is he going to, yeah. Is, is he going to purr or is he going to snap <laughs> at you? You never know what the fuck's going to happen. Joe is the cat. He is the cat. Basically, My wife every is time cat he showers, he gets wet. And then the cats he pop out of him his, like a gremlin. He licks his own. Like, Joe licks his <laughs> own asshole on a regular moment. He just licks his asshole, and it's 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 not something I'm really supposed to say or talk about. But uh, no one's yeah, listening I've known him for it's a long, just, long time. Just Jeff. Jeff Samuel knows, and that's it. He won't tell anybody. That's it. That's yeah, fine. And Lauren sometimes. But yeah, not Lauren my sometimes. Or your wife. Right. Nope. So now the, all right. So the next thing is you've got to you've got to get you've got to get Katie and your mom to do uh, to do it. My mom because I love the daughter-in-law, mother-in-law. I know the thing is, I know your mom would, and Katie would go, no, no, no. Yeah. But I'm telling you, the daughter-in-law, mother-in-law, that is a dynamic, I think is really interesting. And I think we might have to switch it because my mom got her degree in journalism. Yeah. You well, know? that's a, then your mom can ask the questions of Katie. But I think yeah. I, I love the idea of your mom and Katie, and then I love. I'm going to try. The idea. I mean, you know, for the last four years, I know how she long does not want to be on this. it. I've been trying I, to get you know, Katie. Yeah. 
I think I, uh, I think it'd be a lot of fun. Well, I, I the Daryl Cox thing is interesting because you know maybe he will have a have a resurgence because it seems like those who get canceled and say sent to prison for three to ten years might get to just come back into the fucking fray of things. Like he's not Bill like Cosby Dr. Bill, is not like Doctor William Bill Cosby. Cosby is not coming back into the fray. <laughs> he's, uh, he's never. I mean, first of all, he's eighty three. Nobody's fucking hiring this. He hasn't been. He hasn't been funny or relevant he since nineteen ninety three. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. And since the Cosby Show, yeah. but uh, and he did serve. I mean, he was sent away for three to ten years. He served three he years. Served three. Yeah. So let's you know. I mean, you yeah. know, uh, is it cool? No. Um, is it justice? Well, the thing about it is... I don't know that you can do justice for what he did. Exactly. Like, you, you know? can't and fix it. You can't take back those nights. Yeah, there's no You can't there's take no back the horrors that... Yeah, and these are 60 women who are legitimately victims. 60? I mean, le- legitimately victims. Like, this isn't made-up victimhood. This isn't victimhood status. This isn't... Look at what I can get for being a victim. These are legitimate fucking victims. The crazy and thing about that. The to worst me. thing. The worst thing that can happen is for him to have. To me, the worst thing that happened in this whole Bill Cosby thing was that when he was going into his house, he flashed the camera the peace sign, and I, yeah. you, and I, all I thought was, you motherfucker, you yeah. couldn't even just hang your head. I mean, just you admitted. You admitted, you admitted on giving the quaaludes to women, right? To women to fuck women. them. You drugged women. You admitted it just because it's inadmissible, and that was a stupid mistake. But that's 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 the law. That's dispassionate yep. law, and that is and it, it, and quite frankly, I think it is. I think it is uh, as aggressive a call for uh, correct due process in the Me Too era of anything I can think of. Because mm-hmm. the bottom line is. This was a process mistake. Yeah. And if you rush to justice, if you rush to justice out of emotion, right. you're going to fuck something up. And when you right. fuck something up, Bill Cosby gets to go home. Right. And that's Don't, not okay. Do not let your emotions get away with you. Focus on the task at hand, which is due process. For You have to have respect for the, the accusers. You mm-hmm. have to have due process for the accused. That is why I always go back to the fucking uh, hateful eight. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the, the Tim Roth yeah. gives the speech about frontier justice. Justice has to be dispassionate or it will not be just. Well, and the other side of it is if you don't do due process correctly, if you operate on emotion, you have things like Al Franken, where yeah. a stupid, dumb joke cancels one of the fucking smartest and, and best senators. And most progressive right. senators that we've had. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. here we are. We get... Marjorie Taylor Greene and Noel Franken to counter that. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it's anyway. But I So I actually think Al Franken the, is more of a counter for Lauren Bobert because she's like stupid sure. yeah, yeah, Sarah yeah. Palin. Yeah. She's like stupid Sarah Palin. And did right. you read that she just got her that and I don't, and I'm not gonna I'm not like throwing shade at people that haven't graduated high school. I'm not. I'm not being a snob. Mm. I'm not being like an elitist cunt. However, <laughs> Lauren Boebert is a United States Congresswoman who just got her GED. <laughs> I mean, are you fucking kidding me? 
What are we in goddamn 1780 where it was like, yeah, the congressman is the goddamn guy that uh, the boot strap guy yeah. who, I mean, come on. She just got her fucking GED. I didn't you know that. dumbass. Yeah. It's like, it's unbelievable. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with your GED. There's nothing wrong with getting it late in life. Whatever. No. But not if but you're, you're a congressperson and you're a big loudmouth dipshit. Shut the fuck up, you uneducated cunt. Like, if I'm supposed to put on my resume that I graduated high school and college for a job at Starbucks... Yeah. Then, then, then could a congressperson Maybe actually... Maybe somebody who's making laws for the United States of well, America... Well, here's the thing. If you're going to be Lauren Brubert and you're going to run and get elected and not have a high school diploma... Man, just fucking ride that shit. Don't go get a GED. But just say fuck the it. I'm that voted uneducated. For her, they probably like that. Like, oh no, not, not anymore. Fucking, oh no. Oh, you're really? not paying See, attention I've, I've to this. No, oh, I've, her I've constituents. Her constituents are 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 in free fall hate for her because she's not doing anything except for just screaming stupid shit and trying to raise money, just like Marjorie Taylor did. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so, yeah, man. Well, here, yeah, here's you, the thing about Bill Cosby that I. With the flesh and the which, <laughs> the peace sign that a lot of news organizations. Oh, that pissed me off. That's the call, only thing it pissed me off. They call the V sign, and it drives well, it was me victory. fucking it crazy was, because like it was victory. Yeah, but no, think it about just, it. That annoys me. I know when Nixon when Nixon did it. I know. That was not the peace sign. It was a victory sign, and that is exactly what he was doing. He was flashing victory. That's exactly which is what, a, which is thought, a, a gentle fuck you to the. Peace which is a total, that he hated. Yeah. no, it's not. It's not a gentle fuck you. It's a massive well, fuck you to sixty people who he gave quaaludes to and well, then fucked yeah. in their sleep. I mean, well, I'm, what I'm a talking. Dick. About, I'm talking about Nixon doing the the victory sign instead of the peace sign. And the thing that makes to, me the saddest the is that yes. Felicia yeah. Rashad, Felicia Rashad, went on Twitter and was like, "Yay, justice has been done and injustice has been overturned." And I'm like, "Come on, I'm sorry, Felicia. Come Rashad, on." Who? Who is she? His wife on the Cosby Show. She's oh. also the dean. She's also the dean of the liberal arts college at Howard University. Okay. So maybe, so maybe uh, that I mean, might have look, some significance. It's a bad. I mean, it's a bad. It's a bad look. I know who she is, but her relevancy in any of this. She was America's mom for what eight years. Married a, a sports reporter. Yeah, and yeah. Then, like, oh, my wife, and then. Like My wife what? just got home, so she's making noise. It's okay. Oh, good. Um, you were highly complimented. That's all right. You were highly complimented on this Apecast. David said wonderful things about you. Well, she can be listener number two and hear all about it. There you go. Yeah, she Fel- just came Felicia in. Rashad's thing was, was stupid, and I just... Shut the fuck up. Who the fuck are you? Like, just shut hey, the hey, fuck up. Hey, hey, David. David. She's a woman of color. Oh, that's right. You know what? I take it back. She has let her voice be heard. It doesn't matter that she's an idiot. It doesn't matter that she has no relevancy. She's a woman of color and give her her stage. The one thing about Bill Cosby that I think is problematic to our country. There's only one thing? Not 60? Is that he... Bill Cosby operates in this world of it, it is my world 
I am I am part of this elite war, this elite structure. When when he when he came out against um like remember he railed against black youth with their saggy pants and all that bullshit. And I don't like, disagree with it. Well, but well, pull your fucking thing. pants up. But okay, but maybe, it's not my fucking business because they're not my fucking pants. But just ba- that's for, that's <laughs> part of it. I mean, but you maybe know. there's something to, and I have no, I'm totally making this up. But just maybe there's something to the saggy pants as a statement, a fashion statement a, that's like sort of like this protest thing. Like this is because black kids weren't wearing in the '90s when like the saggy pants became like a thing. They yeah. weren't wearing the, the they weren't doing the grunge thing. That was like their answer to grunge. Well, see, it was I like felt the sloppier this thing, look. And this is the and thing. That's, a, attacked, that's a statement about the he system attacked, in society. He specifically attacked black youth for their protest clothing. I attack all youth for their protest clothing. I mean, Fuck skater it, punks, protest skater fucking. punks, get a, take a fucking shower and goth chicks, wash your fucking face. And just like, come on. No, don't but do that, goth again, chicks. Keep that shit but on. A, but again, it ain't my face. They're not my fucking pants, and I don't. I take a shower. So what the fuck do I have to say about it? You know what I have to say about it? Absolutely fucking nothing. All right, Simeon cohort. Here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. My first thing this week, as promised, watch Loki. Watch Loki on Disney Plus. That, there you go. That's good. My first yeah. thing. Is uh, and this is one of those things I, I said. Uh, my mom and I, I saw a, a film in the theaters for the first time in a year and a half. Uh, my mother had not seen any of the franchise, so the night before, I had to pick one of the films in the franchise that would give her enough representation of what it's all about for her to understand the movie we were going to see in the theater. I really hope so, you're about to say what I want you so, to say. So we watched Furious 7. Not at all what I wanted you I, to say. And then, I, and then I took my mom to see F9, The Furious Saga, with John Cena and Vin Diesel. And she fucking loved it. How she could loved she both not? of them. It's just exactly. loud. It's 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 what Transformers should have been, which is just the, excitement and one of the things that was yeah. funny is I was given I was kind of given the lowdown on things and I said every every Fast and Furious movies has, you know, it's got certain signposts. One of them is it's always the end at a barbecue. They're always having a family barbecue and Vin Diesel does it as a family. Uh, family I am group. I am group. The family. It's about the family. Um, that's always there. Another thing that's always there is they always have at least one scene in the first third of the movie where it's like, hey, they're going to go with all the car hot rods and it's just going to be a montage of 20-year-old ass. Just chicks mm-hmm. in, in bikinis and short skirts and just a lot of ass cheeks. The whole thing. Don't get to good to hip-hop. Mm-hmm. So I tell this to my mom, and we see it in Furious 7, and then when we're watching the movie, well, in Fast 9, they're in England, and they're all wearing white dresses. And my mother looks at... I mean, they're, they're doing this. It's the same scene, but they're... Right. They're more fully clothed. And while they're doing it, my mother looks over and she goes, you promised me butt. <laughs> and I just started laughing like I was going to die. Because I did. I promised her butt and she got dresses. She didn't get, you know, that, that was not. But no, we saw Fear Fast 9 and it was thrilling. What did you think I was going to say? You know what's great about that is that it's good to know that um, even into my 70s, my son will disappoint me. 
Oh yeah, always. With his always. promises. With his um, promises. I was hope so. I have not seen. I've maybe watched the first Fast and the Furious. Maybe. I, I, I love know. them. I, I fucking know. love them. Um, they're stupid, but I love them. Man. I was hoping, and I know what they are, and like I just, but like I just, I just haven't yeah. done it. It's just one of the yeah, things yeah. I just haven't done. It. I did. Do, that was the thing. Is I did, and then all of a sudden I watched the first one. And went, oh, that was pretty entertaining. And then I started watching and them. I know, and I went, yeah, they're totally like yeah. just shoot about just dumb, dr- mindless bullshit. It's, yeah. it's, it's retarded, yeah. but it's but it's no more retarded than Marvel movies. So well, it's like, I all right, thought, these are fun. I thought you were gonna say Black Widow. No, because Black Widow comes out in the theater. But it's not July out 9th. yet. Okay, yeah, that's right. So couldn't do that. We yeah. would have gone because she would have been F9, into that. That's great, though. Oh, that's yeah. funny. Um, <laughs> you promised me, but so do you owe her butt now? Like, do you have to like show her? No, like, I told her she just has to watch the other, the other, the other one. Like seven that's, that's movies, on her now. Okay, they're all like, in all the other. Yeah, if you want butt, yeah. I just said maybe they just decided that uh, the the excess excessive young ass cheek shot is no longer politically correct and they just did not include it this time or, well the british are more polite than we are well, exactly yeah. they wear white miniskirts sure um they don't have denim across the pond i think that's probably Apparently the problem not. yeah i don't think that's true but I, i'll take your word oh no it. it's one hundred ten thousand percent true <laughs> my next thing is right Find a reason to write. <laughs> My next thing is find a reason to write, handwrite a, a, a note or a card, you know, a note card <laughs> to friends or lovers. One of the great, so the, the bright spot, the bright spot in this move for me. Oh, fuck. Was I. Uh. So we got our keys. We closed in the house June eighth, and I spent a couple days. I would come and work here, um, just to like, just like feel the house out, like get used to the sounds, and just kind of like familiarize myself, and just like be here before we moved in. And I showed up one day, and there was mail, like actual mail, not like, "Hello, welcome, neighbor, to the neighborhood. We're your ADT representative," you know, bullshit like that. It was a, it was an actual letter for the Himmel family. From the return address is Donald R. Hall. And the stamp was, was Young Elvis, which not not like the one that everybody lost their minds over in 1991 or whatever the hell that was. <laughs> but, um, yes. And I opened it up, and there's this wonderful card. I'm just going to read it. Okay. June 2021. Written in large marker. A very happy housewarming to you, my dudes. Here's to a new joint filled with quality messes and a change of perspective. May you always find in it the true happiness of home. With love, Dana and Don. And that shook me in the best way possible. I just got, I got a little like welled up in my eyes now. Because, you got a little misty. Like... That's that's how that warms the home, to me. That shit right there. It was the first piece of mail, and it was like, I, it's a well wish. It's, just, it's a it's a yeah. toast. I, I did I did later get a, a a note from my stepmom and dad that said similar things, not as poetic because they're not writers, yeah. you know. And like a um, and a, like a box with a dog turd in it from Rory. Right. right. <laughs> 
<laughs> where he was like, yeah. I'm never going to get invited. I'll never see you again. Uh, whinge, whinge, whinge. Bitch, bitch, bitch. Uh, I'm an unhappy old man. Uh, bon Jovi's great. I wear, I wear knit, wool knit caps in the middle of summer in Chicago. Uh, he does. He does heard. do that, doesn't he? It's yeah. It's infuriating. Why uh, does but he it's, do that? it's his fucking head. I maybe he's trying to lose weight. I don't know. All right, my second uh, thing. Sweat. My my second. Jesus Christ! I'm sorry. I was laughing so hard to just, uh, the well, one no, listener. Here's the thing. It's that Things he's like just that. making it's, it's, his. He he had a whole runs filled thing he was gonna do, and uh, I'm struggling. His, I'm, his I'm grabbing the charts, but I will so say this making really up, quickly, and I love it really quickly. Is that this like seriously was such a wonderful thing because it's such a the sentiment and the sentiment is amazing. The words inside are totally true. New perspective, because like I, I felt cramped in the old place. I it just it had worn on me, and I now need you like get... let's all right, let's I'm inspired ah. again, you know, and and just it's just it's just there's something about the handwritten note and being thoughtful about a person's your friend's change in life and acknowledging that, and it's just a really really cool old school. And and thoughtful thing to do, and I think we should da- all Dana, be a little more thoughtful Dana about wrote things. It. Oh, Dana, Dana wrote it. Well, that's her handwriting. That's her handwriting. She writes like a fifty-something-year-old man. But okay, great. Yeah, either way, she does. She's I love it. true. I love it. I and I, I want to frame it. I mean, and yeah, it will. Well, there you go. You know, you it's should. like it's like the first dollar, like in a in a, uh, a laundry uh, dry cleaners thing. That's this is my first dollar that I will frame. So. That's beautiful. My second thing is an article. It's a read. It's in Rolling Stone. Um, it's one of the things that is uh, concerning me about where we're headed in the uh, in the tribalization of American uh, perspective, both in the Republican and Democrat, as well as all of racial categories and in 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 all of the gender categories. We're just splitting and splitting. Segregation getting worse in most American cities. Study says. Who's, who did the study? Um, well, it was in Rolling Stone, so it's probably some stoner. I don't know. Um, <laughs> this, I'm just saying. Um, Rolling Stone this, is not high times, man. Come on. University of California, Berkeley's Otherings mm. and Belonging Institute, or OBI, did a study in an interactive map. Um, and it basically, right. it basically states, it basically shows that, uh, that it's not white flight. White flight is no longer the, the cause of segregation. It's black flight and brown flight. Nobody wants to live around white people anymore. And so people are leaving the neighborhoods in huge droves. It's kind of amazing. Bro, do you know that that's almost exactly what my family did with our move? We left, when I moved to Wicker Park in 2009, uh-huh. um, it was gentrifying. Like, but it was still pretty. There was there was a lot of the there was a lot of there were a lot of white guys hookers a lot of white guys with dreadlocks were, were what I recall. But we still had the double door, and then the double door became a fucking Yeti store, you know. And is by that the what time, it became? I didn't know yeah. it became a Yeti store. I just yeah, knew it it's closed. disgusting. Like if there's no better representation, visual representation of gentrification than the double door becoming a fucking yeti a yeti store all right that's fair um but by the time i left and i I love wicker park i i would move back there probably move back i'm I'm saying this now but 
we'll see yeah. what happens in five years. But anyway, it it felt very oh this is this is totally Lakeview. You know, like I would make the joke like I'm the toughest guy walking down the street in yeah. some like mid '90s punk T-shirt. And a tattoo of my dead dog, my dead puppy on my arm. Like, I'm mm-hmm. the toughest looking motherfucker. That's not, that's not how it's supposed to be. Our neighborhood now is extremely Hispanic. Um, mm-hmm. It's very working class. It's that Chicago that... Um, that, that scares Royco, the shit that Royco out of you. Talked, not, not me. It's, it's, okay, it's, good. But it's like the Chicago good. that like Royco talked about. It's, it's the Chicago pretty. that... That Lakeview. It's a woman with a broken nose. Yeah, it's a Chicago yeah. that Lakeview likes to talk about because they're like, we're resilient. We're the the city of broad shoulders, and but they're not. And this it like this still feels that way. It feels very um, Algren, very like uh, uh, hardship and just like yeah, Chicago. Yeah, and you're not that far from Polish town, and Polish town really is yeah. a bunch of fucking hard bitten motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, my third thing. What's your third thing you're pulling out of your ass? Uh, let it be a Rumsfeld thing. Why not? Nope. Not doing it. Okay. We'll do that next week. No, fuck it. You know what? Let's do it. Okay. Because, um, yeah, okay. Watch Vice. Yeah. Watch Vice where Steve, uh, Steve Carell. Buscemi, Steve Carell, thank you. Um, who looks exactly like me. <laughs> Fucking hack. Plays, you don't think Steve... I get that all the time. You look like Steve Carell. You don't. You, you look don't see nothing that? like Steve Carell. You oh look my God. Nothing like Steve Carell. Thanks. I've. You're the only person that's ever said that. I don't think you look remotely like Steve Carell. I almost beat Steve Carell up in a bar. Yeah. At that same time, you probably would have beat me up at a bar, though. No, no, you wouldn't have fucked my friend's girl. You want to bet? Yeah, you might have. Yeah, that's true. So watch Vice, because Vice is, it's lauded for uh, Christian Bale's performance as Dick Cheney, which is amazing. But Steve Carell as Donald Rumsfeld is excellent. Is why I, it's Like it's one of the best wild. parts of the movie. And it's, it's kind of like, he's kind of the comedic, uh, mm-hmm. like the movie's very funny in and of itself, but yeah. he's very much, it, because Rumsfeld is a, kind of a clown, or was kind of a clown yeah. in, in a lot of ways. So watch Vice, and then come back next week to the Apecast where we talk about Donald Rumsfeld and his and unfortunate, his legacy. legacy, peaceful death, legacy. And his legacy. Yeah. All right. And then my third thing, talking about legacy, um, I'm sure you watched. I kind of went into a, I went into a weird uh, hole of like I just don't know what came over me. I was just kind of watching a lot of uh, old Eastwood. When I was in Kansas, um, before, so I before he Pale, lost his mind and talked to an empty chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched Pale Rider. I watched uh, High Plains Drifter, which is a mm. fucking far better movie than I remember. I mean, it's a lot of yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess, but then mm-hmm. I was like, what else? What? And then I watched Billion Dollar Baby. I was just kind of like uh, Eastwood. And then all of a sudden, I went, "What is another director that I really, really love that I haven't seen it?" And I realized, oh, I love Darren Aronofsky, like one mm, of my favorite yeah. directors. Yeah. And I realized I'd only seen The Wrestler the one time. So I I rewatched the wrestler and it and it it hit me in a way and I've talked about Fisher King before where it it kind of changes for me depending on where I'm at in life you know which is why it's sort of one of my go to mm-hmm. movies, um, 
God damn, The Wrestler's a good fucking movie. And I, too, have only watched it once. So. And, and, okay. and being being a man of, because he's like, uh, I guess he's like 60, 62 in the movie, so I'm closer to that age. And it's really about The, it's the about Mickey Ward character, people. you mean? Yeah, it's it's, it's yeah, about okay. it's Randy the Ram yeah. and 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 Cassidy the you know uh, Marissa Tomei stripper and it's about two people who basically have aged out mm-hmm. of society and it, there's even a moment where they're they're talking about the greatest music in the world from the '80s and the '90s sucked and I was like, man, I totally feel that shit. Wait yeah. a minute, I am I am. I mean, I'm not Randy the Ram, but I. It's like, oh my god! No, that, but you went is... through you went through a period blatantly on LitteredApe.com yeah. and the Apecast where it was like yeah. the '80s is everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's because I do. So w- w- what it made me think of was it's like watching Cobra Kai, right? But really fucking sad because it's a sad movie. Without the, but it's like... actually, you know, without the the Cobra Kai can be really sad if they didn't have like the levity. They, yeah, they exactly. Like, and, just take and, a and little bit out. And there's yeah. certainly there's certainly levity in the wrestler, but I I actually recommend. Yeah. I liked it so much. I might even watch it again, like in the near future, because yeah. it was so goddamn good. Yeah, it's just great performances, you know. And we bag all over Mickey Rourke for Iron Man two, and and he's I, the and he's kind of the worst I, thing, and he's kind of the worst thing in a, a whole series of movies that are all about the worst things, The Expendables. Like in that whole fucking range of just bad acting and fun, he's the worst part. He's so goddamn good in The Wrestler. It's just uncanny. It's uncanny how good he is in this movie. I'm gonna say this about in defense of Ricky of Mickey Rourke of Rick of Ricky Rick, Mork? Ricky Mork. Yeah, Ricky Mork. I'm gonna say this in defense of Rick and Morty as an actor. Yeah. Brick uh, and mortar. Man, yeah, brick and for, mortar for Iron Man two. I still say whenever I refer to birds, I say bird. <laughs> bird. The way that bird. he talks about I want my bird. Yeah. Like that I just that bird. stuck with me. So I have nothing else. But right. I feel like Mickey Rourke, like and I, I don't I'm totally making this up. This is a complete projection and assumption. That he leaned into the idea of becoming the actor that, like a Jack Nicholson actor, a Christopher Walken actor, a Robert De Niro, a, um, yeah. where it's like everything they do, like they're great actors and you never feel like you're watching Robert De Niro act, but it's like, that's the character and it couldn't be anything but Robert De Niro. That's what I feel like Ricky, God damn it, what Ricky Mork did, what Ricky Mork See, and Mindy did. I see. I see your point. I actually have. A you know, he's like, I'm just going to be theory. this guy who doesn't give a see, fuck anymore. See, yeah. I think. I think that my theory is that he, rather than that, he got great fame early on in movies that he didn't really like, like Diner. Yeah, he's famous for saying that he really didn't like that movie. Yeah, but he got famous really fast, right? Prince of the City doing a lot of stuff, and then he kind of did an Andy Kaufman, right? Because if you recall. For a while, he quit acting altogether and became a uh, Golden Gloves boxer. He was like a, a professional boxer, and I think <laughs> Where what Andy Kaufman became a women's wrestler. <laughs> exactly, that's what I'm saying. It's like I think he kind of went, "This is all bullshit," so I'm just going to kind of. And Jim Carrey became a painter of weird shit. It's yeah. like I'm just going to go this direction, 
And then he realized he still had to make money, and so he fucked himself up. His face was all mashed. He was, you know, but he was like, okay, I'll do a movie. You're going to pay me to do this shit? All right, because I don't yeah. give a shit anymore. Yeah. And I think the difference the difference between he and, like, Iron Man 2, uh, where I think he probably just went, yeah, fuck you. This Marvel, these are terrible movies, but I'll do it. You'll pay me. I'll do whatever you want. Well, in 2010, and, and, when that came and, out, like, who yeah, knew? And the wrestler, and the wrestler, I think with the wrestler, he had seen Aronofsky's stuff and went, I like this guy, and I respect what he's trying to say, and and I like these guys. I like these wrestler guys. I like mm-hmm. who I'm portraying. I understand them. I get that, I understand, yeah. you know, yeah. and it's so, yeah, yeah, but anyway, I highly recommend it. Yeah, no. Rick, 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 Ricky Mork and Mindy is an interesting actor to to revisit on on Wikipedia. Good that night. Was rough. That's the show. <laughs> it's been a long week, kids. You can listen to the Literate Ape Cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com.